Hey, we're alive! And we're ready to talk about a brewery. Alright, so things are going to get a little experimental. Okay, probably not that much, but the beer will be good. Uh, today we're talking about Dogfish Head Brewery. So come in, get out your hops, get your historically accurate beer, and uh, have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. <laughs> and I'm Christopher Walker. Hello. Uh, so it's actually not been that long hey. since last speak. <laughs> quite the uh, quite the eventful last episode that we had. Yeah, um, things uh, yeah. got kind of hazy there for a while. A lot of, lot of beer. Um <laughs> But we also didn't get to I mean, talk about some, quite a some few nights things. were hazy. It was some nights were hazier than others. But yeah, no, we didn't get to hit on on all all the nights of the and everything that went on during during Oktoberfest. Yeah, things were. Uh, we decided to have a nice get together beforehand to help clean out a lot of the stockpile we've had, <clears throat> and um. <laughs> I have a problem. We'll just say that I turn into a yeah. bit of a bully. Yeah. When uh, I get to drinking, not that I like physically hit people or anything like that. It's <laughs> that no, we're going to keep drinking. We're going to stay up and we're going to keep drinking. But I mean, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. Casey well, and I just went to bed, so it was fine. No, the <laughs> night started. There were like eight of us, eight or nine people over. This is before Oktoberfest. And it was just, no, I, I've been saving all this beer, all this beer, all this beer for Oktoberfest weekend. And then I was like, oh, crap, we're going to be doing the show. We can't drink any of this tomorrow, so we got to drink it tonight. So it, we started, and I'm pulling all this stuff out, and then the crowd starts to dwindle. And then it keeps getting smaller and smaller until it was just the four of us. And then Brittany's like, you know what? I'm going to bed. We're getting up early. Oktoberfest is tomorrow. Keep that in mind. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So she goes to bed, and we keep drinking. And then finally Casey's like, you know what? I think I'm good, guys. I'm going to bed. And then it's just me and Justin. And, and there were two. <laughs> the, the two brave souls who then felt like garbage the next morning. <laughs> I felt uh, I, awful. <laughs> and that's actually, I'm I the reason still, I'm the reason we didn't get to meet I was, Jim Cook. I mean, I may have also been the reason. I woke up still drunk. Um, I woke up good. We woke up early, and we went to bed. We went to bed at like uh, I don't know, three thirty, four. Yeah, it was like three thirty when we finally called it. I think and so. We were getting. We got up and at like what? I don't know when. Like eight thirty. Yeah, like eight thirty. I was up at like seven, 
at one point. I may have passed back out. <laughs> it became a little hazy about what time I finally got into the shower, but I knew I was still drunk. <laughs> no, see, I, I knew I was hungover the second my eyes opened. I was like, I don't want to sit up, but we got to get moving. And then I sat up and continued to just sit there because I was like, if I move, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I will die right it now. Was one, it was one of those mornings. But then Casey was already gone when all of us woke up. Because he went to go get Holtman's donuts. Because <laughs> he, the man is a savior. Uh, because it, the donuts, donuts got us through. The, yeah. the sugar rush is the only thing that kept me until I was able to get down to Oktoberfest and just keep start drinking again. Like that was the only thing. I was like, no, we got to keep it going. And it's then have like real food. Uh, the first beer is the toughest. <laughs> that that first one, you just looked at it like, I know I like you, but here we go. But okay, we're going to go ahead and get into, uh, we didn't get to talk about our experience at Oktoberfest a lot, just because last episode, we there, there was a lot of beer to drink. There was a lot, yeah, we had a lot to get, get through for the last episode. But yeah, because of me, some than others. we were late, and everyone else who was there on time got to meet Jim Cook. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that, yeah. There were pictures, and we all felt really bad that we missed getting a picture with Jim Cook, but uh, he we did get to see him from afar when he got up on stage during the, the opening ceremony. And there's no, no, it's not an act. The man Oh was my god, trash. it was the best. It was simply he the best. He turns to the MC in the middle of his talking and asks for a refill and like hands him his mug and is like, get me another beer. <laughs> or he's like, yeah, he's a, he Can't. wanted some of the Oktoberfest and, they, and he got denied. Like they wouldn't pour it for him because it wasn't the keg tapping yet. And it was like, ouch. <laughs> like, he was yeah. visibly distraught. He's, when... like, halfway into, like, I love Cincinnati. His speech, like... ended really... His speech ended real quick after that, too. Like, I can't get more beer. All right, guys, have a good day. Yeah, yeah he's like, we'll get this moving until I can get another beer. So, uh, yeah, do that. But he was... wonderful. His speech was slurred. He was kind of staggering around. and. But oh. he, he looked so happy. Oh, the man just has a giant <laughs> smile plastered to his face. I mean, wouldn't you be that happy? I would. But we did see him out. Like, he didn't even leave afterward. Like, I saw him out and about, like, getting food from various places and such. So Still drinking. Yeah. yeah he, he was he was doing uh, it. Speaking of food, can we talk about some of those some of those bratwurst? They had, like, oh, beer-infused... Cincy beer like, brats is delicious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Local drinking it, alert, uh, they had Braxton-infused brats and mets. Oh, so good. Those and, um, all, honestly, the pierogies that I got were freaking delicious. Yeah. And then let's not forget the deep-fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Which are just, I mean, it's they're a novelty. Oh, they're, they're good. <laughs> But I really don't want to get full. I, I, like in my head, I'm like, I don't want diabetes, and this is what's going to sit me over the edge. I ended up eating my pancreas will give out. Yeah, and I I ate the one by myself this year, and I felt I thought I was going to die. I was surprised I made it to Oktoberfest, like for the tasting episode that is. And I was like, because it was the last thing I ate, and I'm trying to like shovel it in my mouth before we get the Uber back. Cause because we were lazy. I had to get a grilled cheese donut. Right. Right. Probably. Yeah, obviously. Did, like, did we get, uh, I'm trying to think, did we post any pictures of the Ultimate Warrior? Yes. There there should be, okay. there are definitely, we, I tried I to get a collage of, of, of a few. Um, yeah, our, our friend Mike, who came up from back home, uh, 
saw a face painting booth and just went for it. He and got he, Ultimate Warrior face paint, and then he continued to he, recreate he the Ultimate Warrior's re- costume throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, he walked up and said, hey, uh, get my face paint. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Can you do the Ultimate Warrior? And they immediately went, "Yeah, sure." I'm more. I'm. I'm also pretty impressed with the face painter going, "Yeah, know who the Ultimate Warrior is." Oh sure. yeah, because it wasn't on like the chart of things they would do. He just walked in. He's like, "Oh, can I get the Ultimate Warrior?" And they're like, "No, yeah, sit down." <laughs> that was the best part. I'm a little but. surprised he didn't cry from joy that they knew what they were doing. And then the band gave him recognition. They're like, "And special guest, the Ultimate Warriors here." <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was a band that we walked by at one point. Not the usual, like, polka bands, but... No, like a 90s oh, cover uh, band. Oh, that one that did the weird cover of, like, that money thing? That must be the money? Oh, yeah, Nelly. Yeah, and I was like, what's happening right now? That was interesting. Uh, and uh, then I think after that, it was time for a quick napping, some food in the Meritzen Bowl, right? Yeah, I mean, we yeah. kind of just went went for it, because by the end of Oktoberfest, we were all just like, uh. So, oh, we that also was the condition, had, I think. Uh, the, so, Sam Adams is really like dedicated to Oktoberfest Cincinnati, because most of their beer is brewed here, even though they don't really admit it. <laughs> and they were doing uh, the 513 Project. It's the area code for Cincinnati. And, uh, It's just the Sam Adams Beer 513 Project, which they're going to brew a special beer for Cincinnati, chosen by Cincinnati. Yeah, we all got to vote on it. They had a special little booth. But you didn't know, they just said you you couldn't know any of the styles going in, but they they posted them online, but the people there wouldn't tell you. Yeah. They're like, oh, you just have to, you know, pick one and vote. I'm pretty sure I voted for the Pale Ale. I think I voted for the IPA, oddly enough. Yeah, I know I voted for that. When I went through them, I, it was easy to pick out the IPA, and I actually liked it the most. So, Yeah. There but, was an IPA, uh, a Pilsner, and a lager. Did they... I don't remember the lager being very good. It, was, it wasn't spectacular. Yeah. I don't think the winner bad, was just... has been announced. I haven't seen it. No. I haven't seen it. In fact, finding there's like one news article we could find about it. Because the three styles were what again? The IPA, the... Pilsner and Lager. Pilsner and Lager. Yeah, the Pilsner was just... I mean, we'd already been drinking that day, so it just kind of passed over, you know, over the lips, through the gums. Look how stomach here it comes. Kind of... <laughs> flavor was not yeah. noticed. Uh, I, I, I will say, during the voting, I felt a little... I felt self-conscious about how pretentious I was behaving because I had to set them aside, like right. move away, so others would try try them. But I had to go like, all right, now let's uh, let's give a second. The taste buds try to catch back up. We have to try the next one now. Gotta, yeah, doing the sniff yeah. and the swirl. Give, give and a the... proper give a proper judging, not just like, oh yeah, I, I like this one. Everyone gotta, else is just coming it down. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I Every... could feel someone just staring at me, going, just just vote and move on. <laughs> Everyone else was just coming up and going, free beer, and, like, slamming them down and moving on. Like, not even voting. And we're up there, like, taking our time. Like, no. This is a free be, game for the testing later. This is going to be a special beer that only us in Cincinnati get, so. But, yeah. I mean, you're going to get six-packs of it as well, I mean. Obviously. <laughs> I wonder what the labels will look like. I wonder what it's going to be called. Hopefully not just 513. Maybe. I'm right. kind of sick of that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah uh, we had a great time, drank a lot, ate a lot, 
And then uh, after the great napping, it was time for the Mirzen Bowl, which I'm sure most of you have already listened to. We When we released the uh, results a week after, uh, we may have spoiled it for some people who weren't caught up. <laughs> Apologies for that. Yeah, but there was literally a discussion that was like, it's been a week, I think that's enough time, right? No, and we were talking with other people about this. We may need to wait, give it the official two weeks, the spoiler buffer. I don't think that would have mattered a whole lot, but still. Yeah. I just didn't want to forget, mostly. I don't... (laughs) We had a number of special guests that didn't, like, because of the the way it was set up, you may have noticed from that episode, even I was, like, a little off mic, because there just wasn't enough room to squeeze us around there, but I'm the loudest, so it's like, you know what? You can stick me away from it, and my shouting will still be heard. It'll it'll be fun. (laughs) For one shining episode, everyone could hear me very clearly. Yeah, you and I were both just, like, on it. There was a reason that we put you two in the middle, and we're like, me and Casey are loud. Put us on the edges. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, no, we had had people who have been on our tasting ones before. You couldn't... There's a couple moments because I, I, I did listen through the episode to to see how it turned out, and there, you can hear it a few times. Uh, thankfully, most of the mm. most of the the cracker gallery uh, comments about Germany, <laughs> yes, were were edited. Well, they weren't edited, but you just couldn't hear them. Some yeah. ha- some had uh, to be left in there. Some, yeah. Well, because we reacted to them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we also had some Diamond Clubbers also with us. Uh, it kind of turned into an unofficial meetup, and we ended up having uh, Emily, uh, known as Hot Beverages, in the chat. She was hanging around with us, and so was uh, Kent from Ritual Misery, who, who was is participating. Is, uh, Del Noche in yeah. the chat realm. And that was awesome. Like at the oh, time, yeah, was- we didn't even know he was going to come, so we didn't like we couldn't give him the fanfare he deserved. So we're kind of doing that now. Uh, sorry about that before, but yeah, it was awesome having him here. Uh, he gave like he gave a lot of like a, a, some of our best input for the tasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there is one moment uh, where you can hear you can hear him a couple times, but there's one near the end where you can hear him much more clearly. I remember I was like, "That's very yeah, no, that's that's about dead on." Way to go! Yeah, I think it was at the um, when we were ch- doing the, the the German the final German result versus the American craft result. Yeah, uh, but no, it was it was great getting to meet uh, getting to meet Kent. I think I've met Emily once, but I was drunk that was the, the jury meetup, and yeah, you were just blasted. I wasn't blasted. Trust me, blasted's a lot worse. <laughs> no, we've uh, seen it. We know. uh but yeah um but that was great getting to uh getting some of them up there for that uh the 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 bowl was was a lot of fun and hopefully you could tell from the from the from the recording but uh was there is there anything else or we um i don't think so like announcement i just i thought it was a really good episode um i think it, it was fun and very surprising results really um, not yeah, not so much I, on the Sam Adams one, but like everything else was, everybody was just like, oh, <laughs> it, was, it was this one. So that was that was cool. That was I, really cool. I, I like the idea we came up with going forward of doing other bowls, since like we've we've done Meritzen. Yeah, it's yeah. Still weird to do it multiple times. Oh yeah, we yeah. could. Though. Style is not going to change. 
there are a lot of but American crafts. But the German style change a whole lot over time. Well, there's other American crafts. Like, we could come up with six more, or we could do a smaller flight. Yeah. But we could do I it like again. I'm just other bowls, too, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Doing, you know, like the, the stout bowl. We could do a winter warmer that one. That sounds unfortunate. Winter warmer, yeah. Winter stout warmer, bowl, however, sounds unfortunate for like a lot of like overweight kids. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very unfortunate. Or the for description my liver. of just a very yeah, or just a description of a very round bowl. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, have you had any new beers? Anything sticking out you've had recently? Uh, nothing. Nothing too new outside of uh, what we'll talk about when we get to what we're drinking. Uh, I did get uh, some some local Lexington beer. Uh, there was a Protoman concert this last uh, last week uh, at a bar in town, and uh, I mean, I, I, they had fat tires. So I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll drink that. But they also had some of the, the local stuff from uh, one of the breweries, Blue Stallion. We had one of their, uh, yeah. their Hefeweizen. Mm. And that was... It's pretty nice. Uh, we had ordered a different Hefeweizen, but they gave us that one, and we we're just like, I mean, all right, close enough. Well, that's cool. We um, went up uh, to Mad Tree after we saw them uh, tweet out about what well, it was a s'mores stout. Yeah. S'mores. Oh, that's right. You guys were about to go like on a run or something, and yeah. uh, it was like Mad Tree <laughs> just released this, and you went, "Screw being healthy, into the car." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she was exactly on her way home. Happened. and She was like, "So, did you see this?" And I was like, "I did." And I was like, "Do you really want to go for a run and have a smoothie tonight?" And it's like, "No." And it's like, "Let's go to Mad Tree where they have a pizzeria inside the brewery." <laughs> and it was like, "Cool plan." That's just, just the same thing as as working out, really. Yeah, just working mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. My digestive tract. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say you gotta you gotta work that digestive tract. Gotta make sure it's running. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as s'more like uh, as as you would hope. It also I guess. wasn't very stouty. I mean, it was more like a. It's pretty thin, consistency wise. Yeah, it was more of a hmm. just a dark ale, like a brown ale. It yeah. Like it more. It was definitely more of a brown ale yeah. than anything else. Uh, it was it was fine though. It was good. Um, actually. Speaking of Mantry, um, I got to, to try their. Uh, it's called Shade, and that's the. F- it was the first Goza I think I've ever really really liked, and I tried it at Oktoberfest, oh. and I got it again yeah, when we were at Mantry. Yeah, you got to try that too. Uh, it's blackberry and sea salt, and it's freaking it's really delicious. Good. Yeah, and there's usually like a big hubbub every time it gets released again because it's a seasonal, and I was like, whatever, it's a Goza. And it was really, really good. I actually, I tried a little bit of Casey's and liked it so much. I just got my, one of my own. Yes. But yeah, that was come really to the sour side. I, on the train, I guess. Man, everyone's on the train. <laughs> Can I just mention that when I went looking to see what was happening at uh, the liquor store? It's like I got to talk to the buyer and I was like, "What's new?" And he just gave me this like whirlwind tour of the floor. Every new beer they had was a sour. Hmm. I was like, "So, yeah. so is that just the thing now?" Like we're just. We're moving into sours as the new in thing. Maybe I, it may may just be that you know they, people are getting to like this is the time of the year that they want sours. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, nothing. I I I drink all kinds of stuff year round, so I'm I'm a bad judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, stouts we, in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah, that 
stouts and porters any time of the year for me. But we've babbled about old news long enough. Let's go ahead and get into the actual current news. Here, here. Uh. All right. Uh, let's start. Not going to do the whole story about it. This is, this should be the end of it. Uh, the shareholders have uh, approved the Saab Miller ABM Bev merger, and a date has been set to remove Saab from the stock tickers. Like it is, it's done. It's over. It's happening. This is the story that never ends. Right. It uh, just goes on and on. October 10th, I think, is the last date I saw, unless that gets changed. So it's that's it. Uh, I found a whole a complete list before, but I didn't really want to get into it that much. It's like 234 brands of beer only. That's not including you know like malt beverages and things of the such that are now going to be under the ABM Bev umbrella. So ABM there's Bev. that. They now own. They now own everything. Exactly. In other news. <laughs> In other news, uh, this actually kind of pertains to that. I didn't even consider it before. Uh, we have the announcement of the official Goose Island 2016 Bourbon County Stout Variants. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah. Goose Island will once again release its annually highly sought after OG barrel aged, meaning, yes, they were the first to do the bourbon barrel aged beers. Uh, their Imperial Stout on Black Friday of 2016. On November 25th, Bourbon County Stout will return with four variants this year in the lineup. Bourbon County Stout Original, Bourbon County Stout Barley Wine, Bourbon County Stout Coffee, and Bourbon County Stout Proprietor. Oh, my God. Proprietor? Yes. (laughs) That word. As a Chicago-only release, which I was suddenly like, oh, my God, we need to go to Chicago. But I can't make that I mean, drive. We should go to Chicago anyway. It's yeah, cool I was going to say, like, we need more reasons to go or whatever, you know. Uh, you'll understand why when we get to exactly what that variant is. Uh, this is potentially a defining year for the Bourbon County Stout brand, as the brewery is no doubt hoping to come or to bounce back from a rough 2015 wherein bottles in multiple batches suffered from bacterial infection and resulting unintended lactic sourness. The brewery offered refunds on certain 2015 batches as a result, which ended up being almost all of it, uh, including especially sought-after proprietors in what amounted to a PR black eye. Yeah, we since we started this show, I think we've talked about that every now and then. It's come up when, like, yeah, every few months it'd be like, oh, this new batch, oh, if you got it from this date, if it was this date, oh, if you had this variant. So, yeah. Stop putting all those, all those wild yeasts. In, in the same building. Exactly. <laughs> but they did come up with an answer. Uh, after asking... I, I, for... I feel like someone I feel like someone called what this answer was going to be. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> like, s- someone in the show may have may have guessed what they were going to do. It Okay, it was pretty much written in stone what had to happen. But after asking for a comment on the issue, we heard from G.I. Brewmaster... Uh, Jared Jankowski, okay, who has the following to say: This year has been an incredible learning process, and one that has made us uh, a better brewery with a better barrel aging program. I'm immensely proud of all of our efforts, and most importantly, the final product. Uh, they've. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to start using that quote as a. Uh as a warm-up before we start recording. Better brewery, the better barrel aging <laughs> program. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. Let alliteration there. Get the, get the mouth moving. But they've come out. They will now be 
splash pasteurizing the Bourbon County Stouts. So, yes. (laughs) But yes, they will be moving to pasteurization, which was really the most logical answer. I mean, because their only other real answer was going to be to build a brand new facility. (laughs) But there was some other stuff. Uh, There was another, another article I read about this where they talked about how they're also putting a stricter uh, guide on the barrels they use. Like, they can't... It has to be a, just a very... Like, they have a specific timeline for how long the barrel has set without any liquid in it. So, from the time that okay. the whiskey was drained out to them being able to put beer in it, like, they dropped that down to a really short time period on the barrels. So, they have a... You know, they have a tighter control over where the barrel was and what could have gotten in it. Yeah. That's, it's it's for the best, really, I think. Uh, it may... It's going to change how the beer probably tastes to a degree, but... But, I mean... Other bourbon barrel beers have... have the... Uh, uh, have, are pasteurized, and they're pretty good. Exactly. Most others are. Like, the what was one of the things that kind of still made it special is that the Bourbon County wasn't. It's one of the few that wasn't pasteurized. But, I mean, you get things like this. It kind of had to happen. But I want to get into, real quick, the uh, Chicago-only proprietors. There, yes. God. Uh, The 2016 BCS proprietors is made using chipotle peppers and cocoa nibs. (laughs) Sorry, nibs is a funny word. Um, Aged in bourbon barrels that that previously stored maple syrup. Okay, so they take these bourbon barrels, they fill it full of maple syrup, and then they empty that out and then put chipotle peppers and cocoa nib-flavored beer into it. Yes. That's what I'm understanding? Yes. All right. <laughs> this sounds amazing. I'll take ten. And it's only in Chicago. That's what I'm saying. You know what? Train I'll trip. Ten chi- Chicago. I'll take ten Chicagos. I'll <laughs> take ten Chicagos so I can get some of that beer. Sounds amazing. How much is... But... Sadly, I don't think I don't. I have no idea on the pricing. It'll probably be like twelve to fifteen dollars a bottle. It's usually what something like that will run you. Um, bottles are really cool looking. I don't think I've ever paid attention to what the bottles look like. I don't know if it's different or the same. But they moved to these last year, I think. These look awfully fancy. They, yeah, they remind me of like because they have like that that sort of uh, um, raised text like on the bottle, right? Uh, it looks not. Un- it, it it puts me in the mind because it has also the Goose Island stamp. It puts me in the mind of like, like Maker's Mark bourbon. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is really. It gives you. Like you look at the beer bottle. Around it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because they've got their their regular Bourbon County coffee stout, uh, the coffee stout barley wine, <laughs> the. <laughs> I just hear a. Uh? I'm not a big barley wine fan. At least not yet. Okay. Give me time. It could be I mean, my lack maybe of exposure. Maybe, maybe you'll, I mean, maybe you'll just never like it. That's that's also fine. Is it, though? Uh, sure. All right, so that's that. Uh, only four this year. They've done six or more in years past, so some people may feel a little gypped, but they are really, like, they're trying to keep it controlled. And that they're really trying to make this a successful launch. 
as yeah, opposed to last uh, year's disaster. Wait till next year. Then then maybe they'll go a little crazier if this one runs fine. Yeah, when they get a little more comfortable with the pasteurization process. All right, next story. Uh, Glasgow Oktoberfest, were, they were denied an alcohol license. <laughs> Uh, why were they denied an alcohol license? From the headline, because people got too drunk last year. (laughs) An Oktoberfest beer festival due to be held in the center of Glasgow, Scotland, has had its request for an alcohol license refused following outbreaks of violence at last year's event. The city's licensing board turned down the application after police uh, in Scotland submitted a report detailing a number of concerns over the disorderly and aggressive revelers. I feel like we talked about this last year, didn't we? Uh, no. Uh, last year we talked about the canceling of London's. Like, it was okay. a ticketed event as well. And then oh, they canceled yeah. it last second. And then everyone who paid yeah, like a ton of money for like VIP tickets and all this stuff were left with no guarantees of a refund. And Yeah. This, this one... Uh... Man, I, I understand how an Oktoberfest gets out of control, I guess. I've just never seen it. Yeah. Like Everyone's just usually, usually jolly. I don't... Yeah, everyone's usually pretty... Outside of, you know, one lady threatening to call the cops for a guy who was, in fairness, being a jerk. Uh, <laughs> event organizers were told I'm the not... plan... Hmm? I was going to say, I've not been to Glasgow, Glasgow so I can't make that decision. <laughs> I can't make that judgment. Event organizers were told the planned Blithswood Square venue in the north of the city was unsuitable as festival goers pose a threat to pedestrians and a significant burden on the surrounding streets. At last year's event, police said they were forced to send in several riot vans after a number of fights broke out among the estimated uh, 2,200 attendees. For comparison, Oktoberfest Cincinnati this year had over 650,000. Attendees. All right. Here, here's my question about about this. Was there also a football game going on that day? Were there? Was there some sort of you know, or as we call it here in the states, soccer game going on? I do not believe so. Uh, the majority of the people were cited by or in incited by drunkenness. It says. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just wondering if like for if maybe it was actually just soccer hooligans and they didn't realize. Possibly. Just blamed it on on alcoholics. Officers also highlighted the lack of security staff attending the event, which organizers attributed to staff sickness in quotes on the day of the festival. In all, 25 revelers were ejected from the festival and several detained over their behavior. Uh, the report told of how three males were arrested and issued with fixed penalty notices for a breach of the peace for their conduct on the evening of the event. Uh, others were strained for attempting to assault police officers. Statement from Oktoberfest organizer said, We are working on the best suitable venue as the licensing board did decide that Blitzwood Square is not the right one to be. Uh, we're, we're working on a perfect venue, and we'll announce this shortly. I never saw any kind of update of a new venue. Tickets were £36 uh, for beer and food, up to £56 for the VIP package. So, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I'm trying to do some math real quick. Uh, 
Never mind. I was going to try to figure out the percentage of, of people that was, but it's difficult to do while trying to do it quietly and making sure I'm not doing it the wrong direction. <laughs> All right, let's get into 25, this. 25 out of that many doesn't seem like a lot, but at the same time, 25 people having to be kicked out of an Oktoberfest is probably a probably more than you want. Yeah. All right, well. So let's go ahead and move into this final story, which is slightly exciting. Uh, kind of a catchy headline. Hangover-free alcohol could replace all regular alcohol by 2050. It's it's Star Trek, guys. They've invented synthahol. <laughs> well, a new type of synthetic alcohol has been discovered, which could allow people to enjoy the sociable effects of a few pints, but skip the hangover that usually follows. The new drink, known as Alka-Synth, is designed to mimic the positive effects of alcohol, but doesn't cause dry mouth, nausea, and a throbbing headache, according to its creator. The Imperial College professor and former government drug, yeah, drugs advisor told The Independent he has patented around 90 different Alka-Synth compounds. Uh, two of them are now being rigorously tested for widespread use, he said. I'm going to guess they're being tested on college campuses all around the UK. <laughs> <laughs> here's, he ho- my, here's my thing. Cause, one, why call it Alka-Synth? Did you not know about Synthahol? Or did the... It's probably a copyright and CBS was like, no. Copywritten. I bet there's a copyright and no. CBS said nay-nay. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not 100% on that. Because uh, I don't know how extensively they, they, they copywrote everything about the show. True. Um, but the the other thing is it, it's it's supposed to mimic the positive effects. Does it taste the same and does it is it as effective? I, I'm going to bet no. Those the, right, because if it tastes drastically different but still gets you kind of buzzed. That's like, uh, no, I'll stick to it. Uh, I'm willing to bite the bullet with the real stuff. Yeah, uh, they say it will be there alongside the scotch and the gin. They'll dispense the Alka-Synth into your cocktail, and then you'll have the pleasure without damaging your liver and your heart. Eh. Okay, well, I do enjoy my liver and my heart. To sell... To sell this next to Scotch makes me a little. Yeah, they do say it'll go very what nicely. But also, also, I said what also triggers me is the very next sentence in this in this uh, article. They go very nicely into mojitos. They even go into ah, something so as much work <laughs> into something as clear as a Tom Collins. One is pretty tasteless, yeah. and the other has a bitter taste. Uh, yeah, they've made they've made synthahol vodka. So something like vodka, you could do it there, I have a feeling. Because, you know, a good vodka should be, you know, odorless and tasteless. Like, it should just essentially get you drunk. Mojitos are made with rum. Rum has a flavor. Indeed it does. (laughs) At least a good rum does. But then again, you cover it up with sugar and uh, mint, so maybe you don't notice. Uh, advocates of Alka-Synth believe it could revolutionize public health by relieving the burden of alcohol on health service. I'm never going to call it Alka-Synth, by the way. I'm going to keep calling it Synthahol. 
People want healthier drinks. Uh, Professor Nut. Uh, he just, man, he invented this. I'm sure he owns like 100% of the copyright. So he is just like, no, I hope by 2050 it's going to replace all alcohol. And it's like, well, obviously you hope that because you invented it. Right. Uh, it's it's probably not likely that it's going to happen. Uh, the I I I appreciate the idea of of what he's trying to invent here because you know to make alcohol without the horrible side effects is a you know would be good. It's except in that creepy brave you know brave new world soma version of it, but. Still, it's it. There's there's something to be said, I guess, for the the original way that it's it's made. That might just be my years of like historical whatever. It's like no things to be done the old way. Yeah, well, I think it, because later on in the article they're talking about what uh, earlier versions were made with, and they were made with some of the same chemicals used to make Valium. So they are using. Some scary habit forming things to try and make this stuff. Now, what if wh- let's let's play some hypothetical games here. What if uh, this was habit forming, but you never had it? It it was it, it acted exactly like synthahol does in Star Trek. For those of you who aren't familiar with the reference I keep making, uh, synthahol is synthetic alcohol that basically you can shake off the the mild buzz it gives you and go straight to work like nothing happened after drinking all day. Hmm. Uh, And never get a hangover. I mean, it sounds glorious. Say it is like that, but it's habit-forming. Is that necessarily a problem? If it if you are able to shake off its effects and it not bother you, let's. I mean, I'm saying like we're going like absolute best case scenario. Yeah, I'd say okay. In reference to like alcoholism, yes, this would be great. Like people with actual serious problems, you know, those people who are waking up and have the plastic jug of Travarski next to the bed. Like this is going to be oh, fantastic because you could get them off of that and onto this, which would be much less damaging to their, you know, as it says, hearts and livers. Alcohol methadone. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I just have to say, they have a picture of the professor who invented it at the bottom. He looks like Mr. Belvedere. He looks like Mr. Feeney. He yeah. looks like Mr. Feeney. Oh, yeah, that's I, Mr. I'm going with the Feeney reference, yeah. So, so no one's going. No, no, Mr. Elder. Okay, okay. Well, no, actually, now that you say that, I'm looking at his, looking at him. When you said Mr. Belvedere, I was like, oh, yeah, no, also that. Yeah, I'm not and as familiar. He was familiar. missing glasses to be Mr. Feeney, but. That's I, true. I think it's the collared shirt with the uh, sweater vest. It's kind of. Sweater vests are all about protection. They protect you from women. <laughs> that's, wow. That's a Dimitri Martin joke. I can't, I can't make that without, like, you know, like, no, I'm not stealing his thing. I just, I, I've always loved that joke. That's that's good. Yeah, I haven't heard that. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we wrap up news, how about one more thing uh, from the American uh, Homebrewers Association? Are we are we releasing Have a Drink Two Electric Boogaloo? Now, yes, with, the now thinner version. A headphone jack. <laughs> no, we have an open letter from the American Homebrewers Association to pumpkin beer haters. We don't have to read the whole thing. No, but, um, I have we to will... read the whole thing. Oh, God, don't. And you all have to listen. 
Hello, my pumpkin beer naysayers. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm as giddy as a gourd. I recently took a okay, stroll through the beer like store <laughs> and stumbled upon a display of pumpkin beers, each quaff offering its own take on the jack-o'-lantern and begging me to take one or five home with me. Yes, I'm an open... Start playing the... Can we start playing them off the stage? <laughs> I, yeah. Yes, I am an open pumpkin oh beer gosh. lover, and despite the recent news of craft brewers cutting pumpkin production, I don't think the pumpkin beer is a dying style. No, okay, I won't. I was like, please stop. Okay. Um, no, it's a long letter, honestly. I, I remember... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, Brittany, will, it'll be edited in post, and it'll be just... <laughs> I no, can take this all out. We're going to put the link. The link's going to be up there. You all have to go and read this. It's great. Uh, but it, it is pretty good, yeah. And it does say, like, the opinions I'm expressed not... in this op-ed do not necessarily reflect those of the American Homebrewers Association. Yeah, I, I, I understand the sentiment. I'm not a pumpkin beer hater. I'm just sort of ambivalent to it. Yeah, I mean, you'll uh, drink them, but it's not like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like I'm super excited or I reject them out of hand. Uh, there is a good line in the article where it says, like, to reject... Uh, uh, what was it? The the rejected out of hand means you're you're insecure about your beer drinking or something. Right, right. Oh, crud. Where was that? Um, it's it's really long. That's why they cut me off. I didn't want me to read it all. <laughs> you have to search. Yeah. Um, dismissing an entire class of beer out of hand is a sign of an insecure beer drinker. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Now, if if you want to know more about pumpkin beer. We did a whole episode on pumpkin beer. I believe it was our second episode. Yeah. Um, what's really uh, funny is that I've got an ad in this article for Deschutes, who's very anti-pumpkin. <laughs> I actually picked up one of those. Uh, it was about to be my beer for the episode. Kind of wish I'd made it that, but I didn't. Uh, Man, they also we, have. I will a, say this week. They put in a this fake weekend. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> they put in a fake helpline. Called it was one eight nine pumpkin, call whenever, and then Brittany proceeded to attempt to call it to see what this was about, and it is not a real thing. <laughs> oh. All I was going to say was uh, Oktoberfest weekend. We we were workshopping ideas for for the new have a drink line of beer, which we're calling Delatters. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a requirement. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, to Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and we will with this first badge. Uh, Barrel-aged beer day is coming. It's a great-looking badge, by the way. Actually, probably by the time the episode gets posted, it will have come and gone. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. I, 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 all I can think of with, like, barrel-aged beer day is, like, opening up a window going, You, out there, boy, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> barrel-aged beer day, sir. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> Boy, go down to the liquor store and give me... <laughs> give me the biggest uh, bottle of Founders you can find. <laughs> oh, gosh. The big one, sir? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's stop doing uh, a Christmas Carol. I don't know why that joke always lands with us, but... <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. Uh, Barrel-Aged Beer Day is an opportunity to appreciate the time, energy, and love that goes into a barrel as it rests for months to years 
waiting for the perfect time to shine. This is a celebration of the unique and flavorful beers that can only be achieved thanks to the beauty of the barrel. Whether it's a spirit-aged beer, a sour ale, or a wine and beer hybrid, you're savoring from a barrel. Raise a snifter with us as we celebrate the spectrum of flavors on Barrel-Aged Beer Day. While the official Barrel-Aged Beer Day is the first Friday of October, October 7th this year, we're celebrating Barrel-Aged Beer Day all week long with a special badge. To claim this brand new badge as your own, check in to one beer from the list of hundreds of Barrel-Aged Beers from the brewery, or brewery Turo? Turo? Sure. I think it's Turo. Turo. Turo, yeah. Uh, between October 1st and October 9th. You literally only have a week. So, yeah, they have the list up. You'll, I mean, some of our diehards who listen to these, as soon as we get them up, you'll have a chance at this. But for those of you who are kind of behind, and I know there are a few of you, sad to say this badge will have come and gone. But seriously, they, they linked have, the list. They, the, they, they say to be sure to use the, the tag, hashtag BA Beer Day. And all I keep thinking of when I see BA Beer Day is BA Baracus made a beer? <laughs> he pities a fool who doesn't drink that beer. <laughs> but no, the list, uh, there are 353 different beers on the list. And it's all from one brewery. <laughs> Called the Brewery. The Brewery. <laughs> It's just spelled uh, differently. Brewery spelled not traditionally. Yeah. B-R-U-E-R-Y. But it's a nice looking badge, and yeah. it's funny. So National Barrel-Aged Beer Day is on my sister's birthday, so I have to tell her the good news. She doesn't drink at all. Oh. <laughs> but still. there's they, they make a number of beers called Melange. <laughs> the spice must flow. <laughs> That would be I'm one of the ones I'm gonna make a Dune reference up. when I can. You can't stop me. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite sci-fi book series. If you haven't read it, get through the first hundred pages of the first book, and you'll love it. <laughs> That's kind of me with uh, with um, King Killer Chronicles. Got to get through those first couple chapters. That I had such a rough time. It took me two or three shots before I actually got through it, and then I was like, "Wow, I was an idiot." The, the rest of this is absolutely amazing, but I just could not stand the beginning of it. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, next badge. Uh, Lagunitas actually is doing an Oktoberfest. It is Tuberfest. Ah, Tuberfest. Uh, the Tuberfest from Lagunitas is a smooth and malty lager. That is counterbalanced with some delicious Pacific Northwestern Idaho Number no. Seven hops, giving it a cedary herbalizing zing. I don't know about that. No, Oktoberfest. Tuberfest Idaho Number no. Seven hops put Idaho Number no. One through Six hops right out of business. Oh yeah, yeah. It just came in and just slapped them all down. Tuberfest is perfectly brewed to jumpstart your <laughs> salubrious side into late summer. Uh, join Lagunitas. So Lagunitas side in the late summer is the new is the other way I want to start warming up before. <laughs> this whole thing is tongue twisters. I just really kicked myself in the crotch for this. Uh, join Lagunitas <laughs> and celebrate the Oktoberfest season by unlocking a brand new badge. Check into one Tuberfest from Lagunitas between September nineteenth and November nineteenth, and the Ach Tuberfest badge is yours. All right. I'm not seeing the Lagunita that I want to I want to try, but as there's a badge for it now, I'm pretty sure we can't find it. 
Exactly. Oh, yeah, no. That's I, how all the Lagunitas ones are. It's like, oh, there's a badge for it? Well, it won't be available in your area until after the date. <laughs> we haven't seen any at Party Source or at um, Liquor Barn. It's like the stupid wit didn't see it anywhere until after the badge was done. It is a nice-looking badge, though. It's a little dog with the Oktoberfest hat. And a monocle, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta add the monocle. That's how richy. That's how rich that dog is. <laughs> monocle right. rich. Our last badge is Honor Your Inner Four Drinker from Smith & Forge, owned by AB and Bev. Uh, your four drinkers made history, and they celebrated with hard cider. Smith & Forge wants to honor them and you with the four drinker badge. Smith & Forge hard cider is made strong in the fine tradition of making things strong. More than a cider, this sturdy drink embraces the grit and greatness that helped, make, that helped your ancestors thrive it's cider the way it's supposed to taste on your four drinkers no, not supposed supposed oh my bad it's like it's like dill gribble sco <laughs> <sighs> oh, the four honor your four drinker badge uh <laughs> simply check into one smith and forge hard cider between september 16th and october 4th wow 14th really short turnaround on this one as well September 16th and October 14th. That's like a month, you know? almost. That's a short a turnaround for a badge. Not compared yeah. to the barrel age Not one. compared to the last one. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you do a bi-weekly podcast, yeah. and this one was announced a while back, but we didn't do Untapped on the last one because mm. it was right. a special uh, episode. That's true, because it was... Yeah, so, so for what time left? All right. I'll grant your premise. I know nothing about the Smith and Forge ciders. Like I've, I've seen them. I do actually like the uh, the art that they have. Like the general, the the I don't know. The like metal wrapped, like the blacksmith kind of deal going on. Uh, the badge looks really cool. It's not because I haven't done the uh, because I'm like oh AB InBev. I'm I'm really just out of cider at this point. Like I'm just kind of done with it. <laughs> so it's just too sweet for I, me. I like. I like a cider on occasion, but it's been a it's been a little while. I usually get them when like uh, our friend Matt has got a new, you know found something, and I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, hand me that cider. Right. <laughs> right. I believe it may be time to work our way into the topic. Possibly. Been on that truck, seeking bastards. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. All right. So today. We're talking about Dogfish Head. You may remember that from the intro. Uh, <laughs> and the title, and a number of other ways you might have found out. The Dogfish Head Brewing Company is based in Milton, Delaware, founded by Sam Calgione. Uh It produces 175,000 barrels of beer annually. Uh, Dogfish Head grew nearly 400% between 2003 and 2006. That's, okay, 400% growth in three years. They're doing well. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. And the brewery was featured... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, our little way we learned to pronounce his name correctly. Oh, yeah, oh, which we yeah. brought up before, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you just say it like Chuck Mangione. <laughs> Sam Does Cal- it feel so good? <laughs> To be alive. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of King of the Hill references in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're trending that way. 
Oh, uh, this is off-topic tangent. Uh, there was a great YouTube video I saw making the argument that Bobby was actually uh, Bill's child in King of the Hill. Oh. And that they, like, <laughs> red-herringed you it with, would expo- with it Dale. It would explain Peggy's absolute hatred of Bill. Yeah, and then why he's, you know, so infatuated with her. Right. No, there's a lot of strong arguments for it, and yeah, I'd go with it. Bobby does favor him a lot more than Hank. Okay, tangent, right. tangent done. <laughs> tangent over. Uh, the brewery's brewery was featured prominently in the documentary Beers, Beer Wars and was the subject of the Discovery Channel series Brewmasters in 2010. The brewery takes its name from Dogfish Head, Maine where Calgione uh, spent summers as a child. Select brews uh, can be found in 31 U.S. states plus Washington, D.C., so pretty wide distribution. And they also have licenses to Dogfish Head Ale Houses in three locations in Gatorsburg, Maryland, uh, Falls Church, Virginia, and Fairfax, Virginia. Beer-paired food and vintage bottles of uh, Dogfish Head seasonal beers are available at their ale houses, as well as kegged offerings for their staple beers. So, I smell a trip to Virginia. <laughs> as if we, yeah, like that, the Virginia thing just keeps piling up, doesn't it? Yeah. We need to go, like... That's Granted, I'm sure it's nowhere near Roanoke, for all I know, but still. <laughs> we need to go to Virginia and then go down to North Carolina. I mean, it'll just... Yeah, obviously. You go to Roanoke the Asheville of Virginia, and then go to Asheville, the Asheville of, Asheville. of North Carolina. <laughs> um, going on to a little bit of their history, the uh, Dogfish Head began in the in June of 1995 when they opened Dogfish Head Brewing and Eats, uh, Delaware's first brew pub. The plan was to bring original beer, original food, and original music to the area. At the start, it was the smallest commercial brewery in America. Their first batch, Shelter Pale Ale, was brewed in a system which was essentially three little kegs with propane burners underneath. Then the big brewmaster came down, and he huffed, and he puffed, <laughs> and he drank all the beer down. Nice. Well, you're saying it sounds um, a lot like Casey's setup, actually. <laughs> yeah, Casey was essentially brewing brewing the same amount that now they they brewed 12 gallon 12 gallon batches not 12 ballon gatches <laughs> 12 um, ballon gatches yeah 12 gallon batches of beer for a whole restaurant three times a day five days a week uh one benefit to brewing such a small scale was the ability to try out lots of crazy recipes and add in various ingredients uh, with the popularity of the pub growing because of the food and its unique beer, it was quickly apparent that the 12-gallon brewery was not going to keep up with demand. So they built a new brewery and underwent a 30-fold expansion of the brew house. Again, 30. <laughs> yeah. That is a crazy expansion. Every time they've grown, it's just been in like just absolute insanity. When you look at the numbers of how they just ex- every time just exploded. Next year they buy. Next year they buy AB and <laughs> um, 
The reputation of dogfish head ales are quickly, uh, they've quickly grown beyond Delaware's borders. They began bottling uh, Shelter Pale Ale in 1996 and just one year later expanded again, this time separating the packaging operation from the restaurant. By 1999, they were up to five year-round bottle brands in a dozen, in a dozen states. And by 2002, the entire production of the brewery moved up the road to Milton, Delaware, into uh, into a 100,000-square-foot converted cannery. Uh, about the same time, they built a distil- uh, they built a distillery on the second floor of the brew pub so they can make vodka, rum, and gin. Not making the good liquors, though. I didn't realize their distilling started in 2002. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. really early on. They, they just distill for rich, rich women on diets. <laughs> yes, I, I believe we have a have a clip of uh, of that. Lagavulin neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. <laughs> yes, I think that's that. That was me when I went to went to visit them. Right. <laughs> exactly. <No. laughs> so this next bit, I had to take over. Uh, because it kind of holds a special place in my heart, and I will spare you all me nerding out for a while. Uh, their Ancient Beers program. Since 1999, the Dogfish Head Brewery has worked closely with molecular archaeologist Dr. Patrick McGovern, one of the world's leading experts. That is a bizarre job title, by the way. <laughs> it is, and when you do research to actually like do full research papers about this stuff, you realize how scarce any of this stuff is. Holy crap. Like, when I chose research topics and I picked this, I was... I didn't realize how how horrible I had been to myself. Uh, <laughs> bringing ancient brewing history back to life, producing what we call Dogfish Head Ancient Ales. And they start off... This is the one most people are, are familiar with. Uh, the recipe for Midas Touch Beer, for example, is based on molecular evidence found in a Turkish tomb believed to have belonged to King Midas and brewed with honey, white muscat grapes, and saffron. Not not muskrat grapes? No, not muskrat. But the, uh, there's a whole uh, article about this, which we'll also link with the show notes if you want to go and check it out. I, I was at first like, oh, let me read this article out, but it is, it's kind of long and it's kind of boring if you're not really into that kind of thing, but I've kind of an archaeologist, so it's kind of my thing, my jam. What if you're a historian and you're also into that sort of thing? It would also be your jam. Indeed. But not everyone's into that, and we could really bore some people to death. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew, what it, I knew what I could do once I got my degree. <laughs> but it's really uh, the Midas Touch. My boredom. <laughs> Midas Touch for the uninitiated is really like uh, a mead beer. It is honey-based. And if you like mead, you'll really like the Midas Touch, which seems to be the case. Our friends that are really into mead really like Midas Touch. It's not super sweet, though. Mead has a tendency to be sweet. Yeah, it's less on the sweet side. That might be from, uh, like, the saffron. Hmm. Uh, but they have a few others. The ingredient list for Chateau... Jiahu? Jiahu? I don't know was unearthed from a 9,000-year-old tomb in China. The it's, it's Chinese. I'm going to go with Zhao. Oh, you're Zhao. probably right. Yeah. The Zhao discovery represents the oldest known fermented beverage evidence in the history of civilization. That means that drinks made from the fermented grain 
beer have also have a longer history than beverages made from fermented grapes. Wine. Uh, suck it, wine. <laughs> <laughs> suck it, wine. <laughs> Woo! That's. I want that to be on my tombstone when I die. Suck it, wine. <laughs> You just want it to be like the, no one will understand. They just walk by the uh, the cemetery and just go, "Here lies Justin Fraser." Suck it, wine. This year to not near you know, last week. Suck it, wine. <laughs> Could just be like from Billy Madison, the uh, Doyle rules, only beer rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck it, wine, beer rules. <laughs> nice. The uh, Chateau, how did you say, was probably the correct way? Jow. I'm going to go with uh, Jow. Okay, Chateau Jow is made with... I'm I'm guessing it's Chinese. Yeah. With Hawthorne fruit, sake rice, uh, barley, and honey. Oh, gosh. What is... Why do we do this to ourselves? (laughs) Which, oh, God, what's happening? It's it's Theobroma. Theobroma. (laughs) Brewed with honey, ancho chilies, ground annatto seeds, uh, cacao nibs, and cacao powder from the artisanal Eskinosi Chocolate Company. And you have no idea how excited I am that none of these were my words. (laughs) I did this to myself. I wanted it. Um, And sati. Yeah, I love the, like, pun and play on words of this. Sati. Not spelled the same way as the actual finished beer. It's saw tea. <laughs> like as T-E-A. in T-E-A. Yeah, yeah. T-E-A, as in tea. Yeah. Brewed with rye, juniper, and black chai tea based on a 9th century Finnish recipe. That sounds delicious to me. Uh, you're just saying that because you heard the word Finnish. <laughs> That's, one That's where they, not entirely true. They I also took... like chai tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They took some liberties on that, which is, I mean, it's good to see them. They're like, oh, we have this, you know, historical recipe. Let's tweak it and play with it a little. Uh, beers such as yeah. these are true, truly liquid time capsules, transporting modern beer connoisseurs back to a time when our ancestors' brews were unencumbered by style guidelines. Yeah. And laws such as the Reinheitsgebot, which really kind of doesn't mean crap anymore. Uh, making beers with the indigenous natural ingredients at hand. Uh, the artistry, creativity, and diversity of these beers were as colorful and contrasting as the very cultures in which they were brewed. Yeah, didn't didn't uh, Sam Calgione come out like with like the whole uh, down with the Ryan Heiskaboot thing? It's like it's, yeah, it's yeah because we talked about that on one of the episodes. That story, and I was just like, yes, yeah, that's I'm what Casey was talking about page. from the homebrewers. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what it was from the conference oh, right. this year. Yeah. Is he was a speaker it's and came out and was just like down yeah. with it, get it out. Like, because it's you know it's hindering people because people are still trying to stick to it, but you can't really achieve what you could. All right, so I've got Google Translate up for that Chinese word. Yeah, we got that. Did you just get, did you get the the whole word or just the first three letters? Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're that's, not saying that. That's that's offensive and reductive. Also, Gesundheit. <laughs> Indeed. So, moving on. So, uh, Dogfish Head Brewery today. Uh, they're now up to nearly 20 styles of beer, sold in more than 25 states, and half a dozen kind of handcrafted spirits. They have. Um, they also have a philanthropic branch, which um, a lot of the breweries, now that we're starting to do those episodes... 
seem to have some kind of um, philanthropic or, or charity kind of uh, situation going on too. Um, this one is Every called company needs a tax write off. Exactly. Yeah. This one's called Beer Every and company. Benevolence. Um, it says uh, they endeavor to creatively collaborate with nonprofit organizations to foster community, nourish artistic advancement, and cultivate environmental stewardship. Um, so actually, I and I'm what not if- I'm not clear on if you have to be in Delaware to do this, but um, there's a form on their site where uh, nonprofit groups can go to fill out, and if they're doing some kind of like event for their group, uh, it has to be more than sixty days out in order to ask Dogfish Head to kind of represent that and, and, and do the donation thing for them. Um, but it, it mentioned something about picking up donations at the uh, brewery in Delaware. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's local or not. But then if it's, it, if it's not, I mean, we, we don't make a profit. Yeah. Let's so, go fill out a form. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. We'll just need to have an event. Buy us a new mixer because ours is <laughs> half operational. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, I'll, I'll provide the link on their official website. They've got a big list of criteria. Um, like they don't, they don't do like local sports teams and, and, and things like that. Like it has to really specifically meet what they, they have. And then they're also Delaware has like, just like Kentucky has like weird alcohol laws. So that's like also specifically laid out on their site. So something to check out if you are, if you do meet that and you're interested. And then uh, I would highly recommend everybody check out the Dogfish Head YouTube channel. Um, they're actually pretty active on there. And um, I was trying to find the featured video of a beer that apparently was out in August. There it is. It shows them all, like, chewing chica. Chicha. Chicha. Sorry. Apparently, It's going to make me throw up. It will. We're working right now. You see, right now. It's like, I'm never, ever, under any circumstances, ever going to ingest. Yeah. Don't worry, I didn't waste what I just spit out. This represents. Oh, God. He has half a bucket of chewed up. Me and my co workers have been doing here in Rehoboth, getting ready to brew this year's batch of chicha. The most traditional way of making the chicha is instead of going through a germination process with the, with the grains as we do as modern brewers. Uh, the chicha makers traditionally will chew on the corn and then human saliva naturally has enzymes in it that converts <laughs> the starches in the corn to maltose, to, to sugar. This year's version also has soursop in it. It's a beautiful sort of tropical fruit that has a lot of like mixing mangoes with Simcoe hops characteristics right in the fruit. Chicha, while it is made with saliva, actually gets boiled post the saliva enzyme conversion process. So chicha's uh-huh. sterile and chicha's delicious. It was available, yeah. So it does get boiled and everything because it, it does initially sound pretty gross, but I kind of um, don't care. There's yeah. not enough boiling in the world. So it's a it's there's a not native boiling in the world to clean this thing. It's a, a native corn um, found in Central and South America, and it came out August fifteenth. But I think it was a yeah it was a brew pub exclusive. So obviously you didn't probably didn't see it in bottles anywhere. If you are not in Delaware, uh, I want Dewey. You don't want none of this. <laughs> Yeah, but um, oh, but no, that and like their whole YouTube channel kind of 
helps show that that oddness that dogfish heads kind of known for they're they're kind of known for like all the experimentation with weird flavors and like the as we talked about with the ancient beers it's kind of their jam um they've been kind of the first for a lot of like modern industry standard setting now yeah like uh the pumpkin ale yeah that like they were the first to bring it mainstream in the modern craft scene Right, because they weren't the first to brew, like, that kind of ale, but that it was definitely the first popularized one. Um, now, they, all, all, they are also famous for their hoppy IPA varietals. Um, so we've got a few examples it's here. What I think, hmm? It's what I think of them for, really. Like, yeah, they're 60 well, and not even an IPA. And the yeah. 120, which... I'm so we went on that trip... Right as they did a mass release in this area, and we come back, everyone's like, "Oh, did you get some of the one twenty minute IPA that they finally released around here?" And we're like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, everyone I know, they've got like, you know, twenty bottles of it now." And I was like, "And we were out of town and didn't get a chance." Yeah, none of it. Um, but yeah, so as we talked about, some of their notable. Like, I was going to say, do you feel like the 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 guy from the Twilight Zone episode, the you know, last man on the world, finally gets a chance to read in your glasses? Break on the set on the steps. There's time now. There's time now. I can still read the large print books. <laughs> oh god, my eyes! Well, at least I can still learn to read Braille. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so uh, Midas Touch, as we brought up on the ancient beers, then uh, their Pumpkin Ale, which is out right now and has a new, really creepy label, and the ninety minute, sixty minute, and one hundred twenty minute IPAs. The Higher Math, which we actually have oh, cellaring God. right now. Okay, no. I bought... How many bottles of that? I got like three bottles. I guess an anniversary beer. 17% alcohol for those keeping track at home. <laughs> yeah. IBUs oh. are off the charts. and I, It's meant to be aged. But I was like, let's see what a fresh one of these babies is like. And oh my goodness... That is a puckering beer. And so that's when like, nope, these are the two <laughs> sitting back for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Pangea and Squall IPAs are the ones that I hadn't heard of. Um, and then Namaste, which I, you can find a, a scattering of. I actually got to try that at uh, Casey's wedding, and that was pretty tasty. And then uh, mm. Chicory Stout, Bitches Brew, and Noble Rot. Um, which I, I keep saying, no, I thought Noble Rot was like a temporary thing, and I, I keep seeing it everywhere. I think it's just that they brewed a ton of it, and it didn't sell probably as crazily as I thought, but I like it. I loved do, it. They do the regular Noble Rot, and then you get an Oak Aged. I think they're both great, but I think the unaged one is surprisingly better. Yeah, yeah, the original is definitely better. Um, and I'm going to link also on the show notes... The uh, Sam Calgiani has written quite a few books, it looks like, and he actually just uh, has a newer, newest book out is about um, leadership in business. And um, I'm just going to link that uh, book section like on his Amazon page on the show notes so you guys can check those out if you want. Um, it seems to be the brewer is thing to do. One, is chapter one, be drunk <laughs> all the time? No, that's... Be Jim the, Cook. That's the, that's the first <laughs> chapter in all Jim Cook's books. Yeah. Here, here's oh, okay. how much I like beer, uh, is what that's about. Um, chapter two is, did I mention I like beer? <laughs> chapter three is, could you get me a refill? <laughs> chapter four, I'm still drunk. <laughs> Isn't life great? Yeah, um, that's the epilogue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So finally, I pulled this from Untapped. I just because I just I just looked up the brewery itself, and they Untapped actually lists like a bunch of statistics. Obviously, it may or may not have changed by the t- by since I actually put this up here. But uh, so Dogfish Head as a brewery has about let's say two point six million ratings on Untapped, and the average for that is three point eight six um, out of five stars. Or bottle caps, since it's untapped. Um, they've also got um, more than 4.18 million check-ins on here. Wait, those are bottle caps on untapped? <laughs> Things s- make much more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed so. <laughs> One assumes from the general pick is that or their little sons. I kept, won- I kept wondering why I kept uh, kept clicking on little sons. <laughs> <laughs> they do look more like sons, actually. But um, but yeah, I just I thought those numbers were kind of crazy. Like that's a pretty good uh, average rating out of that many freaking ratings. <laughs> so good job. I mean, I don't think I haven't had that as many Dogfish Head beers as I would like. But out of the few that I've had, I think I I've liked them all like a lot. So I mean, I know I like their pumpkin pumpkin ale, and I love the Noble Rot and the Ninety Minute IPA. The one I've usually had has been like Midas Touch. Uh, Dogfish Head is usually, when I go hunting for beer, it's usually priced slightly higher than some of the other stuff, so right. I tend to be cheap, and like I'm I'm more reticent to buy it. But uh, I got some for the show, and mm, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, there wasn't as much I could find about. Um all the company culture stuff like it like they didn't have the pages like new belgium did on their site uh, as far as all that stuff was concerned but you kind of have the impression it's a a sweatshop they don't no (laughs) one gets to go to germany seriously Um, no bicycles you just make beer yeah deal with it Uh, but no you get you get the impression that it's kind of the same culture and vibe there like a lot of these craft breweries are just so excited about what they do and like happy to be there so I, I can't imagine it's too far off from that kind of vibe. I mean, can they can they explain the guy in black leather uh, banging uh, two bass drums just boom, 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 <laughs> boom, brew your body. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I somehow don't think, especially in Delaware. Work those hops. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Two. Chew and make this disgusting thing that people <laughs> won't drink because they don't like saliva. Yeah. Uh. Aside from that, yeah. does anybody have any other thoughts on the brewery? Um, I'm uh, a fan. <laughs> I feel like it's it's always one that I'm never like I I don't know like I mentioned like I I'm 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 cheap and so I'm always like trying not to buy it because like. Midas Touch, for example, is expensive, hmm. and like they're they're also known for being super hoppy, and so I'm always like, oh, I need to stay away from that. But they do make some really good beer, right? And we've like got gotten... when I when I actually break down and get one of them to try it out, I'm like, this is this is great. Why was I waiting? Yeah, the Pretty Blood much. Orange IPA they did right, was right. the best Blood Orange I've had because it was actually Blood Orange added to the brewing process not just blood orange flavoring added near the end. And that, I mean, that really comes out in the flavor. And you can tell the difference. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, for, I forgot all about the blood orange one. That was pretty good. 
Um, I'm trying to like look through the list to see if I missed anything, but I, I haven't gotten to experiment with a ton of their stuff either. And I think I think it's partially the 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 cost thing. And it's I really I don't think you see a ton of their stuff in the create your own areas. Um, no, we don't. That's expensive. for sure. I mean, Usually, the, there's always like the 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 top corner of uh, the the create your own section here in the the liquor bar the liquor store I go to has a uh, usually like five or six different kinds just set up there. But hmm. I think we've established I have the superior create your own Nile. Yeah, we yeah. were down there today and went and we're just like, what? Look <laughs> at this this glorious feast of single bottles. But now I remember having yeah, uh, bitches brew back at uh, Winter Beer Fest, and that was uh, pretty good. Oh my gosh, they have a they have a beer called Fall on Me, and it's a Belgian farmhouse ale brewed with apple cider. Fall on me. <laughs> Why haven't I had this? With a cinnamony taste, it says. Good God. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well I gotta look for that now. I mean, if it was pumpkin, it would be all. It would be everything Brittany wants. I almost said like, "Oh, what if you mix it?" But no, that'd be horrible. Don't do that. Please, no one do that. What do we learn uh, this week? I know we we tried to mix stuff. It didn't turn out well at all. Yeah. I mean, you have to be selective about what you mix. You have to think about the flavors before you start adding things together. Yeah. You know, tacos and donuts are good. I don't smash them together. Ooh, yeah. That's a good example. <laughs> Of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I will say I feel like that's been kind of informative about Dogfish Head because I learned a bit during this episode. Yeah, I definitely didn't uh, know a lot of that. <laughs> but let's uh, let's move on into uh, what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Yeah. So I actually picked the theme of the episode. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, but it's because I, I think it's because we went to Liquor Barn because we had to go to Lexington today, and um, because I have not seen this Just in, say, I know, yeah, not, 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 no one said, hey Bob, we're in town. No, it's fine. You were at work. <laughs> we were... I got off work at like three. Oh, whatever. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but no, we were we were in town for like two hours and then had to leave. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen this in a create your own ever, like since it came out, which I don't, what's it been out for like a couple months? It's, um, it's the dogfish head sequench ale. Um, I think we actually talked about it or brought it up its existence because it had a badge on untapped at one point. The badge is, has since gone, but, um, on the label, it's called a session sour, on Untapped, it rates it as a Gosa. It mm-hmm. is. Let's see, You're speaking my language. A sour quencher brewed with lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. Now the sea salt makes me think mm. Gosa more than just a, a sour. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's more the Gosa land. Yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with that description. Um, it's 4.9 percent ABV and 10 IBUs, and the rate beer score is 92, which is like wow. wow. Um, and now I'm a big fan of limes. Like I, I've been getting the, the Dasani like carbonated water in the cans and I always get the lime flavor and like, um, I I prefer to hold off scurvy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, I, 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 everybody's always like about the lemons on stuff, and I'm kind of, I, I prefer limes on, on a lot of things. Um, I didn't know black limes existed, uh, so there's that. <laughs> but uh, I, I am still drinking this beer. It's been the first one in a while that I didn't finish when we got to the what we're drinking section. But I think it's because it's a Gosa and it's so tart, so I'm just like getting through it. But it is really is, tasty. Is it's just, good? It's, yeah, it's really good. It's just, you know, it's tart, so you can't like. I, I'm not gonna like yes. guzzle it. Um, Come to the sour side. <laughs> I know. So now this is like what number two on the Gosa list that I've liked um, yes. after uh, Shade. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I actually like it. After you, you can't see at home, but I'm like rubbing my my hands together <laughs> maniacally. Palpatine yes. style. Excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, um, after you get past the initial tartness, you know, because Gosa, you can actually taste the lime, and it's pretty good. Um, I can't distinguish that it's the lime peel versus anything else. It just kind of there's just a lime taste to me, and then you can get a little bit of the the sea salt which I like in the ghosts. I think it helps kind of balance it a bit. But yeah, no, I would I would actually recommend it. I'd probably... I, I think I could safely say that I'd get a six-pack of it, um, especially since I doubt it's going to be out for terribly long. Um, I want to say it came out, what, in, like August? Way before that. Was it? Okay. It was a summer beer, and I'm pretty sure you already can't find six-packs anymore. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen the six-packs for a while. So when we saw the, it was on the Create Your Own, I grabbed it as fast as I could. Um, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. If they bring it back next summer, I mean, considering that rating and like I, a lot of the like the average ratings that I saw were pretty good, then I, I would suggest getting a six-pack of it, or at least... If you can find it in the Create Your Own, if it comes out again, do that first if you want to just try it. But yeah, uh, awesome. good good times. Yeah. All right. Well, I also kept to the theme of the episode, and uh, I grabbed something from Dogfish Head. Uh, I was I was walking through my, my Create Your Own aisle, which you guys were in today, <laughs> and uh, it's my aisle now. No one else's. Right. Um. And I, I was like, I need, I need a dogfish head beer. What's a good example? Should I grab the Midas Touch? Uh, maybe. Maybe I should try something a little outside my usual, my usual wheelhouse. So I grabbed, not the 60 minute, but the 90 minute IP, the 90 minute Imperial IPA. Oh. So what's oh yeah? You just thought what's the what's the style that we've not been against, <laughs> but have been kind of had adverse reactions to, and you're like, let's just dive balls first into that. <laughs> yeah, like I've been I've been like dancing around the edge of the pool, doing some like pineapple sculpins, yeah, doing some, some fruited IPAs, pineapple, like and... some grapefruit sculpins, some some of the lighter end of the IPA section, some session IPAs. Right. Finally, I, I went into the deep end and went 90-minute Imperial IPA, and I was expecting when I opened this thing up to get, like, this huge hop flavor. I turned on the video so, like, Chris yeah. and Brittany could see me as I, like, reacted. All they saw was me going, oh, my God, this is delicious. Yeah. Giving this it the, uh, that, that Obama. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, like, when he's drinking the pint of Guinness that became the meme. The, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. Effort. <laughs> If it have an upvote. <laughs> but yeah, it's I've had uh, that one before and it's quite good, I think. 
Yeah, nine percent ABV, ninety IBUs, and a rate beer score, one hundred overall, ninety nine for the style. It does kind of set a precedent for the style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's oh my god! I I I tried to slow down on it throughout the episode so I wouldn't be (laughs) like completely out, so I could talk about it at least a little bit. Uh, You can still get like. Oddly enough, like I can taste the malt characteristics in it as well, not huh. just hops. Right after and it so warms up a bit, that's impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I just I just took the very last sip of the dregs of this, and even that is like, oh my god, it's so good. I I need more. Uh, <laughs> would buy a six pack. Yeah, it makes me more intrigued for the 120 minute. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down to try that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I was very afraid that's, of that. That's a that's a well. That's a well-balanced beer, is how I would put that. Yes. Like, nothing about it is like, oh, you take this right into your face. It's <laughs> like, no, no, everything is good and smooth and delicious. And I just, um, I had that when I was, before we'd really gotten more exploratory in IPA land, and I still liked it. So I think it's it's the beer itself, not that we've gotten, I mean, granted, we have gotten more adventurous in our in our tastings and whatnot, but still. I mean, you have to when you do a show about beer. Like, I I go down there now, like, buying beer, going, no, I have to have something I haven't had. I have to, I have to explore now. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did today. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't just go in there and just buy the same old, same old. I gotta, like, find something new. I can never buy the same old, same old. That's just how it's become now. And my phobia of six-packs. <laughs> it's becoming a problem. <laughs> it is. But I decided, as always, to break from the theme, and I had one job. (laughs) I decided apparently I've not had enough Mertzens. Uh, I I mean, I haven't. I had like two yesterday. I went with the uh, Oktoberfest from Firestone Walker. Mm -hmm. This was something we grabbed when we were out west because Firestone Walker they do have East Coast distribution, just not to our market. So we grabbed it when we were close to the source. Uh, yes, it's a Meritzen, 5% ABV, could not find IBUs listed anywhere. And there aren't any. There are no hops in this in this beer. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it should be light on them. But I apparently went with your route, usually, on uh, the rate beer score. Its overall score is a 69, but to the style, it's a 98. That's really weird. That's, that's the difference. Because in my head, I can understand it being really good overall and not to the style. But to be kind of only okay and then being fantastic for the style, I was like, what? what? No, okay, I can defend this, the rating on this. Because I do, after enjoying, I let it, I went through it ice cold and then, you know, let it warm as we've gone. And it's gone now. I finished that baby off a long time ago. <laughs> but after having just done Meritzenbowl, I can say this is what a fresh Bavarian Meritzen should be. Like mm. all those ones we mm. had from the traditional flight, I'm 100% if they sure. Hadn't skunked? Y- yes, yeah. this is what they would have been unskunked. This was a more. It, was, I, it wasn't. Yeah. Because all the American craft ones we had were all had these odd spice notes and things that were going on that at the time 
we had talked about, you know, after you go through flights and flights of these things, you start to appreciate and just like things that are different because how, it's adding something mm-hmm. else that you haven't had a dozen of already. After the tasting, how would you compare that to the Spaten? Oh, I mean, you still can't. Like style-wise, just for the style. <laughs> I mean, it, I think this would beat the Spaten, but again, that the Spaten was skunked. Well, but, the Spaten was like a little one of the only ones that wasn't like. Again, yeah, it comes to it, one of the only ones that was like stayed pretty good. Yeah, I've got to say this rating holds up a ninety-eight for the style. Yeah, this is pretty spot on for the style. I mean, pretty, for American on <laughs> yes. Now, th- uh, this is what a fresh American would be. I have to say, it was fantastic for that. And then, I mean, Americans compared to other beers, they're not really going to rock your socks off. They're good. I mean, they're not going to give you those flavor profiles that other beers can give you, the hoppiness or the maltiness or any of that stuff. But as far as Meritzen's go, if this had been in, and if we had been judging for to style instead of just what we liked, I believe, at least in to me, this would have beaten out that victory. Wow. To go wow. towards style. Because it is... That's surprising, because, I mean, I think we all kind of were like, oh, no, no, the victory's Oh, the victory was delicious, and still, like, personal favorite, yeah, it would have beat it out over this, because there were spice notes to it that were a lot more different and more complex body. But I found, like, this... Sorry, if we were going straight style. I've got to say, if you want, like, a Bavarian-styled Meritzen fresh, instead of getting the Warsteiners or the Hofbrows or something that's skunked in a green bottle... And you have access to the Firestone, get the Oktoberfest, a thousand thumbs up. <laughs> that's what they. Awesome. That's what those have to be fresh. Well, uh, anything else before we go? Because I don't think we have any other announcements. Uh, just real quick, I'd like to say everyone who decided oh, yeah. to play along. I say everyone who wanted to play along at home and uh, do their own merit symbol or just go through the. The same thing that we went through. And let us know what you came to. Like, we want to know what ones ended up being your top rated, if they were different from ours. Uh, what you were picking up, if you found any of that Campbell soupiness <laughs> in yours. Uh, please let us know. Like, we want to know how the... Because that'd be real interesting to see if, you know, different groups of people came up with different things off of the same flights of beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh still think the Campbell soup thing is a little odd, but you know, I wasn't the only one getting it. each their own. You weren't the only one that got it. I just thought it was weird. It was no, I, I. That's what I'm here for. Um. <laughs> Leave it to her to find the weird things. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm really hoping some we get we get some more feedback on uh, that episode as far as if anybody else had any kind of weird results or anything like that or, or surprising findings on that. So, I, again, I, I'm still, I was still excited about that episode just because it was just like unexpected what ended up happening. So, um, yeah. yeah, if you, if you are, for some reason are listening to this one and haven't listened to that one yet, I mean, I guess the length, but, uh, Catch the bag. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but definitely go check it out. Cause I think the tasting went pretty, pretty well and was very interesting as we went. Um, all the different things that, because uh, you get to find out what all the other ones were too as we go along, and you're just like, oh, that's odd. Um, and then we do talk about the bottle differences and things. So uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, go ahead and check that out. 
Remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. You can find our respective untapped profiles there. You can also find the social links for the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to let us know about your tastings or your thoughts on the Merits and Bull episode, for example, um, you can leave some feedback using feedback at haveadrinkshow.com as the email address or the feedback page on our website. And as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, you can find links to their stuff on the episode pages uh, episode page on the site. And please remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes. That kind of helps spread the word, lets everyone know that we exist. Uh, <laughs> and uh, links to subscribe can also be found on the site. All right. Uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.